Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Got 10 Minutes podcast, the podcast for product managers. Today, we speak with Angel Jaime, who is a product manager at Yeezy. Yeezy is building revolutionary technology to calculate carbon footprint using payment data so individuals for the first time can see and connect their spending data and see its impact on the planet in real time. Angel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks a lot. My pleasure uh, being here. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy to, to spend some time with you and, and see if we can help other product managers uh, learn a little bit more. Awesome, awesome. So tell me a bit about yourself and how you got started uh, in, in this, uh, this field, this product management field. Yeah, I think like many product managers, I became a product manager by accident. So I was doing another job. I was working in operations at Booking.com. And little by little, I got involved in working with uh, engineers, with developers and designers, uh, mostly fixing bugs, uh, then working in bigger projects. And when I realized I had almost uh, a development team uh, working for me uh, with the backlog. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at some point I was just told, uh, you are doing the job of a product manager. You are a product manager. And uh, <laughs> I became a product manager officially, but I was uh, doing it for a while already. Got it. Um, so, so what was it like working at, at Yeezy? It's, to be honest, it's very different from everything I've done before. So uh, just to tell you a tiny bit about my background, I started in product management at Booking, as I mentioned, and then I work in other medium, large tech companies like uh, Just Eat, Takeaway, and Revolut, which is a, a British fintech uh, more recently. And uh, Yes is the first time I work for a very um, small startup. Uh, we are at the moment uh, 15 people, so it's, it's a little bit different than uh, what I'm used uh, to. But um, I, I definitely love it. Um, we are moving super fast. We are trying to, well, we are actually innovating and being the leaders in, in our sector because we are developing a technology that only very few people uh, has, has done something similar uh, today. And being such a small team means that uh, I have to wear multiple hats and I have to do many things. So I might be doing usual product management work in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I might have to develop a process for uh, recruiting engineers or a process to help personal development for uh, UX designers. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, just doing many different things that I, I'm not used to, but I'm loving it. Awesome. Uh, and, and because you're, you're moving very quickly as a startup, I believe that experimentation is, is at the core of, of what you guys do. Um, what are some of the experiments uh, you guys run at Gazy? Totally, yeah. Um, the problem is that with our size, we're still quite small, so it's difficult to do any uh, let's say A/B test, getting statistical significance in a, in a short amount of time. So either we do really radical uh, changes, or we cannot rely that much on on A/B testing getting accurate results. So we have done some A/B tests on our website, which is the top of the funnel and where we have quite some traffic. But we mostly rely on qualitative research nowadays. So we do a lot of um, user testing sessions. Uh, we do a lot of surveys, uh, deep interviews with users. And we try to learn more from qualitative inputs than from um, A/B testing. Got it. And, and with qualitative data, what things uh, what, what things are, are top of mind uh, when, when you do these experiments, and what what results do you kind of look for uh, in looking through this qualitative data? Right. So we mostly use it with two general purposes. One is for discovery, and another for validation. So when when we think about discovery. We can use, for example, um, user interviews and, and have an open conversation about what are the uh, user problems in our context, which is sustainability and what, what are they doing for uh, to live a more sustainable life and uh, what is related maybe to our product. And when it comes to validation, uh, we might be doing more user testing uh, with prototypes, 
So we try to set the user in the context of uh, either they are a new or a returning user, they have a, a problem to solve, and we try to set that context and then let them solve a problem with that context within a prototype or, or the actual app. Got it. And when it comes on to like framing the questions or the, the, the process around these, these interviews, what, what frameworks do you use or, or do you create your own frameworks to, to, to conduct these, these forms of studies? We are trying different things. Mostly uh, we follow traditional guidelines to uh, yeah, have open questions. Generally, we start with uh, an introduction about the company, a little bit of a talk with the user to get to know each other and make them feel confident. And then we like to start with a, with a problem rather than a start very free form, mostly when we are working on validation cases. As, as I mentioned before, when it's discovery, it's more open. So I wouldn't say that we're using a very strict framework. It's more about uh, using basic principles of doing uh, good interviews and being a little bit structured. So we make sure that we're focusing on solving problems and not just uh, trying to put random solutions in front of the user. Got it. And and with that said, like, what's what's one of the most challenging things you you do as a as a as a product manager daily? Good question. Probably, I would say now that everything is remote for many companies, uh, having everybody aligned, especially in a startup, things move very fast. From uh, one day to another, you might have to uh, pivot direction in in a product, and it's very important. And everybody understands the the context and that things don't take uh, as surprise uh, when possible. So I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of over communicating to my team rather than under communicating. So I try to be proactive always in telling them. This is what's happening. This is how the product is performing. Uh, this is a new challenge we have discovered. This is a new opportunity, and and uh, letting them have the context always, so it doesn't things don't take them by surprise. Got it. Um, that that's really amazing. Um, when it comes on to to that as well, um, how, what are some of the like I would say some of the things you you love uh um about about being a product manager and uh, how that contrasts to like the the challenges that you face as a PM. Right. So um, one of the things that I love is empowering people and helping people uh, grow. And uh, yeah, it probably comes with the challenge that uh, as a product manager, you want to do many things, but you cannot do everything. Uh, Our time is limited. We work in many different fields, roles. We wear multiple hats. We cannot be everywhere. So something that I learned with the time is to delegate more. Uh, rely more on people, trust more people, and focus more on empowering rather than uh, doing things for them. And this is beneficial both for the product manager and for the person that you are helping because you you really help them grow. You give them the trust to uh, to develop a new skill, to to have a new experience, and to grow. So it's one of the things that I also enjoy the most in my career. See people, see how I empower people and help them grow. Got it. Um, quick question as well. Um, uh, are you familiar with like painted door experiments, uh, fake door tests? Yeah, definitely. We have awesome. done a few of those. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so how did you use them, and what did you help you to understand? I can tell you about the really good one that uh, I did when I was at Booking.com. So just to give some context, um, it was around 2015 uh, when Airbnb was growing really fast, and Booking.com was not that big and present within the holiday homes space and, and small accommodation space. So we wanted to really boost these kind of partners. We wanted to uh, yeah, have more business with uh, yeah, BNB style partners, but our product wasn't really focused on, on them. Uh, we had a partner portal, but was really complex, really old school. It had many features that these guys wouldn't, wouldn't need to use. So we thought, why don't we make a, a very simple mobile app for them with just the key features that they would need as Airbnb does. They already had a mobile app for these kind of partners. 
So instead of instead of building something very complex and have the same problem that we had with the, the partner portal, we decided to build a framework to help us testing multiple hypotheses uh, in a way similar to uh, doing fake doors. What we built was an engine send uh, push notifications. So we built a super simple app that had uh, only a dashboard telling you uh, today you have two check-ins, one checkout, and uh, I don't know, one new review. And the other screen was a, a timeline of notifications. And then we built a... A very simple tool to let us send manually notifications, anything we would like. To. And those notifications would link to the partner portal. So I could create a new notification saying you have a new booking, and then that would have a link to the partner portal. Another one saying you have a new review, and that would have a, a link to the partner portal. Or um, you are sold out for next month, add more uh, rooms. And like that, we could create tons of different types of notifications, push them to different segments of partners and see which ones uh, would engage the most with them. So which which partners would like what kind of notifications. And that, that would help us then develop functionality around those features in a very data-driven way. Got it. And what are the key understandings, I would say, the key takeaways from from, from running that, what, 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 you, what you got in running those experiments? Yeah, so I think the key the key takeaway was that instead of spending time building features up front, we spent little time building a framework that would let us test many features. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of focusing on on developing, we focus on the learning part. And spending a tiny bit of time on learning then help us focusing on developing the right thing. Got it. That's that's amazing. So uh, I only have one more question left. <laughs> and uh, what's what's one weakness you've turned into your strength? Right, that's a great question. Hmm. Let me think about it. Probably, probably the. Um, I would say that as many product managers, uh, sometimes uh, we have uh, imposter syndrome. You know, we feel that yeah, we are trying to 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 wear shoes bigger than than uh, we can, and because of that, I tend to be over prepared for meetings, presentations. You know, I I always try to make everything perfect. So I would say the weakness is is that uh, feeling the imposter syndrome. And uh, I turn it into a strength because it makes me uh, over-prepare and have things ready. Think about, uh, yeah, what are we going to do if things goes wrong? Yeah, that that would be it, I think. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so great talking with you. I learned so much today about your process and what you guys do at Yezi and also your career um, and your the experiments you ran at Booking.com. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. Awesome. And thanks for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. To stay in touch, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Take care.